0: Hello everybody and welcome to my season one, I guess you would call it analysis, recap, I don't really know what to call it. For the book of Boba Fett, because there are so many different sides to this show. I was actually looking forward to the finale that aired, I guess you would call it early this morning, because it would finally allow me to see just what exactly the picture they were painting was, and I don't really know if it was one picture, it was kind of like three different pictures on the same canvas. There's a lot to look into, a lot to look at how they structured this show narratively, was it a satisfying narrative, so many things to dive into, so let's get that process started and it really seems like there was confusion surrounding this show from the very beginning i remember at the end of mandalorian season two when they had that little credits teaser and it said the book of boba fett I had a lot of people telling me there was no Mandalorian Season 3, that that show was over, Grogu had gone to be with Luke, that the the story there had been completed, and that the Mandalorian story would continue as Boba Fett's story. It's kind of ironic, given where the book of Boba Fett went, that there was that misconception, but I feel like from the very beginning, there wasn't a whole lot of clarity about exactly the future of the storyline with these new Star Wars Disney Plus shows. Of course, it was clarified that this was its own show, allegedly that the mandalorian season three would follow and i was actually pretty excited by this concept you have boba fett coming back you have fennec shan played by ming na wen and you have this promise basically of boba fett on jabba's throne you have a great right hand slash enforcer with fennec shan i was actually really looking forward to the promise of this show and then what it gave us was something else now, there are a lot of folks who have defended this show, particularly after it took a turn t- more toward The Mandalorian, saying that, well, you know, this was always the intention. Disney had always promised that this was really going to be more of a hybrid between The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett, but I think that's some revisionist history, because I went back and looked at the official description of this show that was provided by Disney+. Plus. This was the synopsis of the show. The Book of Boba Fett, a thrilling Star Wars adventure, teased in a surprise, end-credit sequence following the Season 2 finale of The Mandalorian, finds legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett and mercenary Fennec Shand navigating the galaxy's underworld when they return to the sands of Tatooine to stake their claim on the territory once ruled by Jabba the Hutt and his crime syndicate. Regardless of what you think the other messaging from Disney was, that was the official promise for what this show was going to be. That was the expectation that was set. And I would argue that that was about maybe a third of the narrative that they were telling. So I think a lot of the confusion and, and disappointment that you're seeing from a lot of people is kind of falling on Disney because they didn't really deliver the show that was promised. Now, I know that they wanted to have some surprises in store, but even if they had said it would be a hybrid story of how Boba Fett got to where he was with What's happening now? I think even then, a lot more people would be prepared for what this show was going to be, ultimately. Now, I'm not saying that there shouldn't have been crossover with The Mandalorian and other Star Wars properties. I honestly would have been shocked if there wasn't any. But it's not so much what was included, but how it was included. And that's what I want to dive into, sort of taking the show episode by episode a little bit. What was the story they were telling us, and then how did that change throughout the season? So starting with episode one, there are 34 what I call show minutes, which would be not including the end credits in that first episode. I was actually surprised that the first episode Episode was that short, but of those thirty-four show minutes, twenty-two of those minutes are devoted to these flashbacks. We see Boba Fett escaping the Sarlacc pit. We see that he gets captured by Tusken Raiders. He's initially tortured. He begins to earn their respect. He fights this desert monster, etc. In that first episode, and so the vast majority of episode one is this flashback material. We get some stuff with where Boba Fett is now. We get the introduction to Mos Espa. We get the idea that the mayor doesn't respect Boba at all. We have the introduction of Garza Whip and Garza Sanctuary, and then we have Boba getting attacked and injured, which sort of establishes his weakness. But that's only about 12 minutes out of the narrative of the first episode. So from the very beginning, the Book of Boba Fett is establishing that not only is his past important, but it's establishing narrative dominance over the entire show. And that trend continued even more in the second episode. When we catch up with the current day of Boba Fett stuff, Boba Fett goes to meet the mayor, the huts show up to claim Jabba's old territory, but those are really the only big narrative beats in the present day storyline in episode two. We get even more stuff about 35 minutes out of the show's 48 show minutes of flashback stuff in the desert. There's the big Pike supply train heist. He basically becomes one of the Tusken Raiders. And I was a big fan of this episode. I actually was one of those people that liked the first few episodes because I liked this backstory into Boba Fett. Where was it going? going to take him? How is it going to pay off? into this present day timeline and so i didn't mind this big focus because i thought well all of this stuff is going to play heavily into the future so we do need to invest a little more heavily into the past episode three was where things kind of turned for a lot of people and i think one of the reasons why is that the narrative got completely flipped on its head now we had about 28 minutes of the show's runtime devoted to the current day boba fett stuff we meet that new biker gang we meet uh kursanton who attacked Boba Fett, we have a resolution of a story that only started in the previous episode. So the huts show up and they say, you know what, never mind. We don't want the territory. By the way, here's a Rancor and Danny Trejo. And then we have this big action sequence with the bikers going up through most Espa. And the episode really ends with what will be the actual central conflict of this part of the story, which does not involve the huts, but which instead involves the pikes who we met in a flashback in the previous episode. The weird thing is that there are very important things that do happen in the flashbacks. We have Boba meeting with the Pike Syndicate, and then we have his surrogate family, the Tusken Raiders getting slaughtered. And yet it's in an episode where by far we get the least amount of flashback to his past so we have this enormously significant event in an episode that's basically putting the focus on the present and less on the past and i think it certainly threw me for a bit of a loop because we've invested so much in boba and the Tuskins, and then they're just gone in this one episode with very little flashback so now we're saying well wait a minute You, you got us very endeared to these people now you've taken them away where's this show going Episode 4 flips things back around again. We have 33 minutes of the show's 44 minutes of screen time devoted to flashback material. But a lot of it is just filling in gaps for things that we already knew. We see Boba Fett rescuing Finnick Shan. We see her getting enhanced and revived. We see them getting his ship back from Jabba's palace. These were all things that we knew happened. It's just us seeing the things happen. The big things that we see are Boba Fett kind of on this revenge tour. He destroys the Sarlacc pit, and then he gets his revenge on the bikers who slaughtered the Tuscan Raiders. So this is a bit of narrative satisfaction for us as an audience, and also for Boba Fett as a character, he gets this revenge against people. Maybe we're not happy with how the Tuskens were dispatched off screen, but at least Boba is able to go back and get those responsible for their death. We think this rug is going to be pulled out from under us later on in the show. Then we have, again, only about 11 minutes that are in the present-day timeline. So a big focus on the previous episode, not as much here. And we end this episode, basically where we ended the previous episode. There's a little narrative advancement, but basically it's, again, Boba and Fennec saying there's a war coming, we need some more muscle, and then there's a hint of the Mandalorian joining the party, which I thought, okay, sure, the Mandalorian's going to show up, Uh, At some point during the season, I had no idea exactly where we were going to be headed. And this is where I think the narrative of this entire show really goes crazy. Because through four episodes of The Book of Boba Fett, we've had about 94 minutes of this flashback story. We've had about a little over an hour of this current day story. But it seems like the flashbacks have now ended. Everything is sort of caught up and it's like, okay, we have uh, the backstory filled in. We know what the stakes are. Let's get into this central conflict. Everything has finally been set up. And then we go to a completely unrelated story. So episode 5 was a lot of people's favorite episode from this season, and I think a big reason why is that it has nothing at all to do with Boba Fett, and is basically episode 1 of season 3 of The Mandalorian. And if you love The Mandalorian, well of course this is going to be your favorite episode of Book of Boba Fett, because nobody was expecting to get what essentially is a backdoor season premiere for a different show. The only real tie-in to anything happening with Boba Fett is at the very end of the episode when Fennec Shan shows up and basically says, hey... We want you to come and help us, which was already hinted at at the end of the previous episode. And listen, I I see where people are coming from when they defend this episode and they say, well, it's called The Book of Boba Fett, and if you're reading a book, there are chapters that cover other characters that are away from the main action. And that's very true. However, I would counter-argue that even in books like that, those characters' journeys are still tied in to some central plot point, to some central narrative structure. This is basically putting on pause the story of Boba Fett, which was at a very crucial juncture and beginning a completely different story with story elements that not only uh, don't tie into what we've seen so far, but really don't tie into anything that comes later on in the season other than the presence of the Mandalorian. I think if you were to cut this episode out of the order of the Book of Boba Fett, it wouldn't change his story at all. Mando would just show up as he does, and things would happen as they do throughout the rest of the season. And I think this was my big issue with the episode. As an episode, of Star Wars, I thought that it was great because... I like the Mandalorian and there were so many interesting things that were done with his story and his lore. But as an episode of the Book of Boba Fett, it was extremely frustrating because there was no advancement done on a seven episode series when it looked like we were just getting ready to start the story in earnest. Episode six has a lot of the same issues. There are things that do tie in with the show. We see Cobb Vanth and his confrontation with the Pikes That will tie into the narrative. We have the introduction of Cad Bane in this series. He will show up as an for Boba Fett in the next episode. We have the bombing of Garza Sanctuary by the Pikes. but half of the episode's runtime, if you don't include credits, is given over to a third narrative, really, that we're starting, which is Grogu being trained as a Jedi uh, by Luke Skywalker. We see Mando show up on this planet. Ahsoka Tano is there. And again, this is all great backstory for Grogu. If you're a fan of Grogu, and I am, then it's great to see him, but it doesn't really have any bearing on the story of the Book of Boba Fett. And people would say, like, well, wait a minute, of course it does, because Grogu shows up in the seventh episode in this battle. But he really shows up as a plot mechanism to defeat this tank and then uh, lull this Rancor, which had been an ally until it needed to become an adversary, Uh, To sleep. I don't really think that Grogu himself plays a meaningful part in Boba Fett's story. As a matter of fact, I don't think they even meet at all in this final episode. So, yes, Grogu is present in episode seven, but if we're talking about storytelling, if we're talking about structure, It's much more about advancing his story separately from the Book of Boba Fett than introducing him into this storyline in any meaningful way that ties back to what we thought would be the central tale of this season. And it's sort of the same thing that I thought about the last episode. Is it great Star Wars? Yeah, sure, it's great Star Wars, but it's terrible Book of Boba Fett. Then we have this episode 7, the season finale of the show. I don't know if they're going to do a season 2, but this could have been the one where, okay, you have all these disparate story threads, but we're going to pull them together in a meaningful way, and you'll understand why we were showing you these things specifically. But I don't think they really did that. You do bring some of the characters together. Boba Fett and Mando do fight together uh, briefly, and it is really cool to see them uh, both taking on these uh, underworld gangsters flying around on jetpacks, but then you basically separate everybody. Mando goes off to do his own thing with Grogu. He doesn't really interact with Boba Fett uh, past the beginning of of this fight fennec shand is gone from almost the entirety of the middle part of this episode she has no meaningful impact whatsoever on this big final fight and then you have these different pods of people who take down these different tanks and groups of bad guys separately yes they're all fighting one central conflict but you're not really bringing them together so much as you're still separating them out into their own individual little pods and I mentioned Fennec Shand being absent. The reason that she's gone is because she is dispatched to take care of the local warlords who betrayed Boba and basically took up arms against him after pledging neutrality, which is fine. I think that's a great job for Fennec. But they also give her something that I think is a big storyline problem because it's revealed by Cad Bane that it was not the bikers who were responsible for wiping out the Tuscans, but it was, in fact, the Pike Syndicate. We know that Fennec Shand is a great. Assassin, and yet she's the one that takes out the head of the Pike Syndicate. And it's never really referenced by Boba, the fact that he doesn't get revenge for this hugely monumental thing in his life. As a matter of fact, everything with the Tuscans, after he's out of the back to tank really isn't referred to that much again. And this is once again, for me, emblematic of a story that had a lot of very interesting pieces, but in the end game, the creatives behind the show were struggling to figure out how to make them all fit together. So they just kind of said, well, you know what don't worry about it this is what we're focusing on right now for some people that's fine but i like for these things to sort of be connected and i think you could have had a very satisfying character moment that would have brought all these episodes together instead we sort of get the cheaper version of that which is yes finnick shand is awesome but what about boba and what about what he needs as a character I think there was also some narrative sleight of hand with Grogu and the Mandalorian in this season because most of season two of Mandalorian was about searching for Grogu's people there was that big season finale moment of course that blew up the internet where Luke Skywalker showed up and took Grogu to go and train to be a Jedi and so many people thought even as I mentioned at the beginning of this review that that was the natural end of the Mandalorian story of Grogu's story that he was going to go off with Luke maybe we catch up with him down the road, but it would appear that Grogu's Jedi training lasted all of about 20 minutes of screen time, and that he and Mando are now back together, blasting off into space. And the reason I say I think that's a little bit of narrative sleight of hand is that if they had done that in episode one or episode two of season three of The Mandalorian, I think a lot of the fans of the show might have said, well, wait a minute, you just kind of undid everything you did in the second season in the first two episodes of this one well then what was the whole last season about by doing it inside of this show you now get to start season three of the mandalorian in a way kind of back at the status quo of where you were at the beginning of the second season and i don't think you have to face a lot of the same questions about well if grogu's not going to train to be a jedi then what was the whole point of searching for luke uh, and and luke showing up and taking him off to train now that's not to say i don't think they're going to reference grogu's force powers of course they are but I'm also kind of curious about where are they now going to go with the whole Jedi angle? Because you've already basically spent your Luke Skywalker wad. Um, you know, he could show up again, but you're not going to get that sort of surprise. So I think by couching it in this show, they were able to kind of reset the narrative a bit for Mandalorian Season 3 without having to do it in that show in a way that would have seemed maybe a little more rushed. Overall, I think that this show had a lot to love in individual moments and individual story elements for Star Wars fan, As a fan, there were a lot of things that I really enjoyed. I did like the story of Boba Fett in the desert, even though it had a very, what I consider to be unsatisfying ending. The Mandalorian stuff that I enjoyed and catching up basically on an episode and a half of season three. It's not like there was nothing to like, but I think the overriding message that I took from this season of The Book of Boba Fett is that Disney is basically planting a flag saying yes we are going to have these shows but what we're really doing is prioritizing universe building and crossovers etc even at the expense of narrative consistency. And that's something that disturbs me, and it's why I'm hoping that it's a little bit of a one-off for this show, maybe Growing Pains, instead of their approach going forward. If that's the direction that you want to go, and basically be able to bring in anybody whenever you want, kind of drop storylines whenever you want, then just have one blanket show that's called, you know, Star Wars Chronicles or whatever, Star Wars Stories, and then you can bring in Obi-Wan and Darth Vader whenever you want. You can bring in Mandalorian and Grogu, whenever you want, and you don't have to worry about these sort of season long arcs. But I think when you're saying this is a show about X, but then 30 to 40 to 50% of that show isn't about X, and instead seems to be building out this different spinoff or this different season, I think people may start to get frustrated because these are characters whose stories they actually do want to know. I think a lot of people are disappointed by Boba Fett's story because it didn't really go anywhere. I mean, it even seems like at the end of this episode, he's walking through the streets with Fennec Shand, they've won over control of this t- uh, Tatooine territory, of Jabba the Hutt's territory, and he basically says, we're not cut out for this. And it almost seems like they're going to hand over control uh, to Kersantan and to the biker gang. And if that's the case, then what was the point of this entire show? That's what I'm worried about here, is you're going to be trading off the names of these characters, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, or Ahsoka Tano, or Boba Fett, and essentially saying, like, well, this is really just a network for us to feature characters from other things. And we'll We'll throw a little bit of narrative for these characters in there, but it's really just a showcase for Star Wars as a whole. I'm really going to get tired of that approach pretty quickly if that's the way that they do it. I have confidence that they're going to rein it in. Maybe this was just, like I said, a bit of a growing pains thing where they had to set up these different things and they wanted to get Mandalorian Season 3 stuff out of the way. But as much as I tune into Star Wars shows or Marvel shows or really any show for the cool moments and all of that stuff, I also want to show up for a meaningful and an impactful story. And I just don't think that we really got a complete one in the Book of Boba Fett. I think we got pieces of one, but when I look back on this season, I'll remember good parts, but overall I'm going to remember a very inconsistent, messy narrative that really kept me and I think a lot of other people from grasping on to this show specifically, and instead just kind of reminding us about why we like The Mandalorian so much. I think there's a little bit of irony for Boba Fett, who was a character that was often just sort of standing in the background before he got the spotlight, getting pushed into the background of his own show and Timuera Morrison is a a really great actor you can tell that he has a lot of enthusiasm and passion for this part and I hope that they sort of give Boba Fett some redemption and an actual direction to go in the future I think they sanded off a little bit too many of his edges I wanted to see even more of the Boba Fett that we saw in the Mandalorian that just absolutely vicious bounty hunter yes you can have character development and I think they set up why his character would have changed a little bit but if this is the most we're going to get out of Boba Fett, then I hate to say it, but it may have been better to leave him down there in the Sarlacc pit and let our own imaginations and the Legends canon run wild with this character. So those are my thoughts on Season 1 of the Book of Boba Fett. What did you think? Did you not really care about the overall story? Was there just enough cool stuff with Mando and Luke and Grogu and oh yeah Boba Fett for you to enjoy the show? Let me know down in the comments below and be sure to stay tuned right here on the channel throughout the week. I have a review of Death on the Nile that's coming up later. Later this week. MoviePass seems to be coming back in some way, shape, or form. I'll be covering that later this week. The Disney Plus shows are just going to keep coming, and I'll be right here talking about the ones that excite me. Thank you so much for watching. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time. Bye.